Big Red Revival. All right, welcome into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode 20. And uh, last time we left off with you guys, uh, the Big Ten had just uh, packed up and canceled up the 2020 season. Pretty uh, dark day in Nebraska. That was back on, uh, checking my notes here, uh, August 14th. And here we are at September 22nd, and we've got football again, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh a massive 30, 36, 37 days of no football, but uh, football has returned to the Big Ten. Um, but what a what a journey it was. I mean, we had a little bit of everything uh, in those oh, 29 days, 29 days of canceled football. So it was filled with a little bit of everything. I mean, you had everything from uh, Trump to uh, parents to lawsuits to protests. I mean, we had yeah, national media, I mean, dogging us left and right. We had a little bit of everything in these last few weeks since uh, the Big Ten decided to cancel and then go ahead and uh, back that up and uh, go ahead and reinstate football to kick off in late October, October, October 24th. So it was quite the ride, but, uh, you know, all's well that ends well, I guess. So football's back. Zach, how you doing? What's your initial reaction to the Big Ten bringing back football so quickly? Um. Taylor, are you familiar with the uh, the five stages of grief? <laughs> I've read I've read about them. Yes, yeah. yeah. It goes denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And uh, on my end, I think I can speak for most Husker fans, players, coaches, etc. I felt all of those emotions except the acceptance part because <laughs> I, I don't think, think I, anyone. I, I started to feel that. I I don't think that anybody. In Huskerland or any anybody that supports Nebraska really accepted that we were not going to be playing football this year. Um, but all things aside, I mean, it's really good to have a schedule back for the third time this year. Right. Um, but with that being said, you know, with everything that's going on in the long list of canceled games that have that have already occurred so far this year, I'm gonna I'm gonna remain cautiously optimistic. Um, and if it happens, I hope it happens and it goes smooth. But um, bottom line, I really hope that the Huskers can can get their 11 games in this year. Um, if we have a regular – 11, I said 11. If uh, a regular season get, game gets canceled, and, <laughs> it, took you know, that, it is what it is. Up in my head. I was adding up in my head. I'm like, uh, eight plus the one bowl game. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh he's talking. Oh, yep. hey, oh yeah. God damn. Nope. Okay. That might that might be uh, overly optimistic, actually, but no, um, it's 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 good to ha- it's good to have a, a schedule back and have some hope back and have a little bit of a future of a season back. So um, we're hoping that everything can can stay on track like it is, and we can we can see the boys go uh, later in October. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been uh, a little bit of everything. Players opting out, 
players opting back in. Um, of course, you know, the whole national media deciding to uh, team up to uh, to kick Nebraska while they're down um, and, you know, just kind of give the, oh, and Nebraska should be lucky to be in the Big Ten and Nebraska needs to shut their mouth because they haven't won many football games. And, you know, it just goes back to the, the word that I really like is branding, brand. Nebraska is a brand. And, you know, whether whether we're winning games or not, we are a national brand. I mean, I'm 34 years old, and anybody my age and older lived through Nebraska's dynasty. So 34 is not very old. Um, so anybody my age and older at all seen Nebraska be great. So that brand is going to be strong uh, for an extended period of time. I mean, it's it's going to be strong. It was just in the 90s, so um, people our age and older still have a very favorable view of Nebraska. Nebraska fans, obviously, we have the best fans in the country. Sellout streak um, in all the way we travel to games, the way we support our team. So Nebraska's always going to have a strong brand, and it just kind of shows um, the way the national media is talking about us. I mean, do you think they'd be talking about uh, somebody whining if this was Purdue doing it? Fuck. No, I do not. No one would even know. No one would even know. You know, oh, Purdue. Purdue said they they would like to play football this season. You know, you don't think they'd be doing that for Illinois? Hell, even Iowa. No, no. Nebraska is a top ten brand, and that's why we're getting all this pushback from all of the the national guys. Which you know, some of it, um, I felt most of it was unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some people even you know got personal. Pat Forty, you know, piece of shit guy. Um, just, you know, getting personal. Oh, you guys need to go back and ride your tractors back to where you came from and this, that. Motherfuckers from Missouri. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up, okay? You know, it's just just ridiculous. And then he did a <clears throat> a uh, interview today on the Omaha Station 1620. And, uh, <clears throat> and you know, he was kind of trying to back it up a little bit. And they're like, well, hey, hey Pat, here's this uh, article from you that you wrote Back in uh, 2010, talking about how Nebraska would be such a uh, great add to the Big Ten. And it's like, you know, shit like that. It's just, you know, and not to mention Pat Forty, you know, saying this isn't the 90s and all this, that. It's not the same anymore. Motherfucker works for Sports Illustrated. Talk yeah. about things that ain't what they used to be. We'll start with Sports Illustrated, okay? Mm-hmm. That <laughs> that ain't what it used to be. So it just, um, just, just a lot of shit that's happened this last five, six weeks. But, you know, like we said, we're glad that's ended with football being back and uh, excited to, uh, you know, get a chance to be a part of it. You know, with all the things that happened, Zach, the the lawsuits, the protests, maybe even the new uh, medical advances, so to speak, I guess, the rapid testing, Trump weighing in. What, what do you think was the biggest thing that the biggest reason why Nebraska and the Big Ten is back playing football this season? Uh, I mean, specifically to the Big Ten, I would say, you know, it started with the outside pressure, even though they don't they they'll never admit that they were hearing it or feeling it or whatever it was. Um, it was definitely getting to them a little bit. And then what I think put it over the top was um, it started with that central Arkansas Austin P game or whatever, where it, it was the first it was the first college football game played. It didn't mean anything. I mean, I wouldn't say that many of the games so far have meant anything yet, but I would say it it meant more than what we thought it did at the time because everyone got to see on national television a game being played. I believe there was fans there too. Yep, there was. Yep. And so I think that like touchdown on the that, first play of the game. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I mean, what a way to kick off a crazy ass postseason, preseason still preseason for us. Um, I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't be, you know, 
drawn out any other any better way. And so, like, I think that that was kind of the snowball, and then it just started getting bigger and bigger as we see more and more games playing and more more teams more and more in on the season. And then it all just came to fruition, and it's happening whether the Big Ten was going to do it or not. And I think with the outside noise uh, combined with the fact that you know the show must go on, it, it just got to a point where. It, I mean, like anything else in the Big Ten, it became a business decision, and and you know we had to do what we had to do. And it's the Big Ten. You know, we we have some success in basketball, but really, when it comes down to it, it's a football conference, and you got to have football on on TV. You know, happening in the fall. So I think that was just a combination of the outside pressure going in with the other teams starting to play. Yeah, I, I think you're right on. Like, it's the outside pressure. The I mean, you got the you got the president of the United States weighing in and calling you and you know, pressuring you to uh, get the season started. But I think um, with that, I think it's the seeing other teams playing. You know, especially you know, it's one thing to see the smaller schools, but when it's like, okay, now the SEC is clearly going to play. The Big 12's already started. ACC. It's like, okay, well, we can't we can't just sit back and have basically our peers. Uh, play and we're sitting here on the sidelines not to mention we have a team that's you know a probable national championship contender with a Heisman contender um, you know that uh, you know they got on board with Nebraska after we kind of took the brunt end of things and the national media kicked us a couple times then all of a sudden Ohio State and Ryan Day come out and they kind of blast the Big Ten and how it's been handled and they want to play and then it then the national media sing, singing a whole different uh, tune at that point you know now the Buckeyes had weighed in so kind of formed a nice little bond between uh, Ohio State and Nebraska Nebraska fans so um, but and then you know what last weekend you start to hear the rumors like okay they've they're they're gonna they're gonna come back and they're trying to get a date and then uh, I believe it's Monday uh, Tuesday they come out and it's uh, of course our uh, president the Nebraska president gets caught on a uh, hot mic in the most 2020 way ever you know gets caught on a hot mic telling his buddy that uh, you know we're announcing the the return of a. Uh, Big Ten football tonight, and then so everybody's sitting by, sitting by the computers, refreshing Twitter a hundred times a day. I know I sure was, and, <laughs> and then it never happens on Tuesday, and you're starting to think, well, well, well damn, now, now uh, Carter kind of looks like a liar, like he's just talking to his buddy, you know, you know, kind of, you know, just trying to impress him maybe or something, and then Wednesday morning hits, and boom, it's it's back, announcements out, everybody's going crazy, everybody's happy. And then, uh, then of course, you've got to wonder, do you think that the announcement was delayed till the next day because the Nebraska president was caught on the hot mic uh, leaking the, the information, basically, after the Big Ten's obviously pretty fed up with Nebraska and all of our antics? I mean, so do you think that the hot mic incident had, uh, had reason for the delay from Tuesday to Wednesday? Yeah, I definitely think it had, you know – I was kind of torn on it at first, you know, I, I didn't really know what to think. Cause what, what do you really think right now with everything that's going on and our lack of leadership? But I, I think, I think honestly, Kevin Warren is so drunk with power and, you know, he, his, his cup was running on empty a little bit because it, his big secret had been revealed and right. you know, he had to go back on his word. And, you know, after canceling the season or not canceling, whatever, um, it, it gets leaked ahead of him being able to announce it. So yeah, I think that he definitely, um, he definitely pulled back the reins until he could be the one with his face on the screen, you know, making, making the comment. And, you know, I, I, 
I guess I wouldn't say that I necessarily blame him as the commissioner, but at the same time, I mean, these games got to stop. Like eventually you have to be, you have to be the front man. You have to be the leader of this conference and you can't, you can't be playing these games with a fan base and another in a team in the conference where, well, I want to be the one to say it instead of you. And, 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 right. if, and if that, if that is what's going to happen, then you, you, you got to keep it to yourself, man. If you don't want it to get out, like, what what happens all the time today in sports and just national news is yeah. is thing, things get leaked all the time, and so you got to understand that, and you have to be the one to be out ahead of it and make the decision on your own and 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 make the the announcement instead of having stuff like this happen. That's on you either way. So I mean, right. the guy is has not off to a good start as a commissioner. No, I mean you know you're already in a tough spot. Your first year in a fucking once in a lifetime pandemic happened. So you're already behind the eight ball at that point. And then, um, you know, he just, he didn't play his cards well from there. Just a lack of, uh, um, it's just a lack of uh, letting everybody know what's going on. You know, lack of transparency of what, what's going on, what's actually happening. I mean, you know, there's the debate on whether there's an actual vote between the presidents and chancellors, or there wasn't a vote or it was a proxy or this, that, and the third so much that, you know, the big 10, um, eight of the Nebraska players had to come out and sue them. And then, uh, you know, once litigation got involved and, uh, you know, the courts released, you know, you're going to have to release your emails. You guys are all publicly funded institutions from the uh, FIFO Act, the Freedom of Information Act. Um, And so you got to release your uh, emails and that's the last thing they want to do. So they released something with basically everything redacted. And then um, uh, the Attorney General Peterson um, came out was like no we're gonna we're gonna need to see it all and show us everything and they clearly didn't want to do that because you know what people would be losing their jobs over it and you know speaking of losing your jobs I mean it comes out that the Michigan president is the one that's holding everything up and well guess what happened to him you're fucking out you know we got a no confidence vote so you know it's here in the state we here in the Big Ten we play football and there's clearly a couple people that were looking for reasons not to play instead of looking for reasons to play. And that that obviously caused um, you know a rift throughout the whole conference. But once once Ohio State got on board, we knew it was coming back. So uh, that was good to see. But you know, of course, with Nebraska and Ohio State leading the way, um, you knew you knew what time it was going to be uh, once schedules were coming out. So and the most predictable thing ever, they've of course got Nebraska on the road against Ohio State, and national media just had had an absolute heyday of it i mean just oh you wanted to play football did you nebraska well here you go week one in the horseshoe it's like Perfect. okay yeah, we, we play them every fucking year so that's yeah. i mean every year so um but you know the big 10 laid out um they did lay out the strictest guidelines of any conference and hell of any uh, sport going of how they were going to handle the covid testing and covid uh, regulations so uh basically they're able to um, by the time they start, which I believe they start on the 29th or the last day of September, whichever the last day of September is. Um, and then they start testing every day. And if you have a positive test, um, the Big Ten is requiring a 20 day, 21 day sit out, 21 day quarantine. So 14 days of quarantine and then another seven days to get a uh, ECG. It's basically a cardiac heart MRI to check to see if that's um Maro, carditis, whatever has affected you. So, if you have a positive test, you are uh, you are done for 21 days, and this is an eight week schedule with no bye week. So, you know that's almost half of the uh, season if, uh, for a positive test. So, and we're always seeing we're already seeing a bunch of uh, 
a bunch of games canceled and postponed. I think uh, I think Baylor had almost three opponents last week, and all of them got canceled or postponed. So, but I think we're in a better s- spot because we're doing daily testing. They don't have; they're not doing daily testing. So basically, most of these games are being postponed or canceled from contra- contact tracing, which is like, oh, this one guy had it, but you know, seventeen people talk to him or you know we're in the same room with them so you've got to sit out so with the daily testing i don't think it should be as bad as what we've seen from some of these other conferences and teams so yeah, what's your whole thought on the uh the guidelines and uh, how that's going well from what i understand too is part of the testing that they have implemented is they can detect the virus before it's even um if you if you can even you know spread it to somebody else I'm blanking on that word for whatever reason, but um, no, uh, they can detect it before it's contagious. There it is. Um, And so I don't understand the 21 day thing. I I definitely get 14 days. That's been the standard for the, for COVID since, since this all came about, but 21 days, I guess that was probably kind of a, a negotiation deal from, from a lot of the universities and coaches to, to the conference. Hey, okay. 14 days, if that's not enough, we'll, we'll expand. We'll uh, we'll do what we need to do. Let's make it twenty-one. Let's play football. So yeah. I think that's one thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just what I uh, am kind of questioning so far is how many big-time college player D one college players have you seen that have sat out from COVID so far? And I want to take this maybe one of two ways here, but like either, you know, th- there's the universities that aren't sharing, you know, the specifics of the positive tests. I know that they have to right. probably report it to NCAA, but I, I, I'm wondering, you know, if there's, if there's some, some funny business going on, you know, yeah, if, well, if Trevor Lawrence, that's about to, to play Notre Dame, let's say. Right. And he and he might show some symptoms or whatever it might be. You know, I'm not saying they're going to push it under the rug. I'm not saying anything like that. But I, I'm just saying, like, I think that they're they're just kind of getting their ducks in a row and getting the rules in place, and things will kind of just go smooth. Hopefully, when the time comes. Yeah. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, so Notre Dame uh, was kicking off ACC play this weekend against uh, Wake Forest. And they've kind of they've been pretty transparent about their COVID cases. They had a couple, uh, I think five last week, and then they had seven uh, test positive today after their game last week. So and now they're they canceled. Yeah, they postponed, canceled their first uh, ACC game of the year. So, like you said, I think this daily testing is going to keep yeah. a lot of a lot of that down. Um, so they, you know, in in the NFL and NBA, we've seen and just the COVID in general, we've seen a lot of these. Um, False positives happens. So the players are test have daily antigen testing, um, and if that comes back as positive, they then go get a PCR test to confirm the positive. So you're not at risk of having a false positive and being sat out for three weeks. So that's a, one of the things that I was initially concerned about was the false positives because it seems to be happening mm-hmm. quite a bit. So um, I think with these new protocols. Um, I, I think the I think the Big Ten's got a good shot to run the table. I, obviously, there's going to be a couple that um, that have that test positive, and they're going to have to sit out. And you just hope that maybe it's not your star players or um, anybody that um, or a whole room. You know, I don't know how everybody's going to handle it. I'm sure people are handling different. I've seen a team in the NFL that has um, 
uh, one of their quarterbacks uh, that's basically like a practice squad player, but he's literally just doing anything by Zoom. And he's like the emergency third string uh, quarterback. And so he hasn't been with the team at all. He's just been kind of in Zoom meetings, getting the playbook. And if things should go awry, that uh, he would step in. So I'm not sure what everybody's going to do about their quarterback situation. Obviously, that's the most important uh, position on the field. I saw that um, the SEC came out and said, you know, you need at least 53 scholarship players to uh, be eligible to play. So, and they laid out, you know, at least one quarterback, at least seven offense linemen, et cetera, et cetera. So um, there's some good guidelines going. And, you know, I just think that in eight weeks, that's, that's two months. I think, you know, you would hope that the players uh, could just, you know, sit, sit and be with each other and, you know, whoever's, you know, roommates or whatever, and we can get through this eight weeks without uh, too much happening. Uh, too many people, catching the virus. I mean, obviously you can catch it anywhere, but uh, you would just hope that uh, they're probably doing online classes and um, you just hope that uh, everybody's smart because it only takes one knucklehead to, uh, to screw over everybody. So, but um, I don't know what, so we've seen some football already this year. What were your thoughts and what kind of, what you've seen with the crowd? How, how'd you like the feel of it? What'd you think of the, uh, the way the game was going? So we've seen a, a variety of different approaches to how football is going to be coming back. We've seen, we've seen uh, places with fans in the stands. We've seen places with no fans. Uh, we've seen games with piped in crowd noise. What have you seen so far from uh, football in general, high school, college, pro football? That uh, just as far as the game atmosphere, or the game look on TV. How how do you feel about that? How's it looking for you? Um, I mean, I guess to start, like, I, and this is obviously a biased take, but the best atmosphere I've seen so far, just with the fact or for the fact that there was 22, 21, 21, 22,000 fans in the stands was the Cowboys game on Sunday. Yep. Um, I mean, it did, it, it wasn't like necessarily that loud, but I think with a, the combination of what fans we had in the stands and uh, the pumped in noise, it, it made it seem like a really good atmosphere. Um, but as far as college goes, uh, not not much to not much to talk about really. I mean, I would say two two different atmospheres stood out to me so far this year. One, obviously, the first one of the first weeks was the army with all the cadets in the in the yeah. stands. That was that was an electric atmosphere. That was as good as we've probably seen so far in college football. And the other one was that left me a little confused and kind of uh, concerned to an extent was uh, K State having a completely full student section one, one right. week. Um, that was kind of interesting to see. I mean, I kind of had to double take at that, like, okay, they, they look like they're, they're full go here. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I would say the biggest thing that stood out to me. So stood out to me so far, it was the army cadets. That was just such a sweet way to like introduce actual division one football back, back to us. Um, and when there's a lot of unknowns with, with how the fans are going to look and sound and everything, that was really cool way to kind of ease into it. Yeah. Um, well, the first NFL game of the season, uh, the chiefs game, uh, they had limited fans in there. I don't know how many, if it was 10, I think 10, 10, 12,000 fans and that looked all right. And then, you know, a couple of these NFL games, especially the dome ones with no fans that it, it just, it, it doesn't look right and doesn't sound right. And it's, you know, the NBA did a pretty good job with the bubble, with the the crowd noise and the screens or whatever, where it's not too big a jump. But the football with no fans, it it's just a, it's a stretch. It's it's not the same. 
and it definitely diminishes the uh, the viewing aspect of it on my end. But um, you know, I, I'm not sure why they can't. You know, when these I mean, we have a ninety thousand uh, seat stadium, and I don't know why we can't get twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand people in there. Obviously, Bill Moose feels the same way, but um, that was one of the things that uh, the Big Ten implemented was no fans, at least for the first couple games. So mm. hopefully, they revisit that, and we can eventually get some fans in the stands. I Obviously, Moose, he's right. He's ready to fill the motherfucker up. So, um, yeah. As soon as they give the green light to leave it to the local officials, uh, the uh, stadium will be uh, packed again. I'm sure. Yeah, we have to tread lightly though because we don't want to. We we don't want to be seen as complaining again because oh, so God, that would be the that would be the end of the world. And Sports right. Illustrated might actually get some clicks. <laughs> right. It's like you guys are the swimsuit issue, and that's it. All right. Yeah. So, shut the fuck up. So. <laughs> But, um, you know, kind of back to the schedule, you know, we talked about how, of course, you know, they were going to give us Ohio State first game. So, um, but, you know, they didn't do us any favors. And, you know, we were already scheduled to play Penn State. You were hoping that uh, the one game they canceled off with maybe the Penn State game and gave us Ohio State and Rutgers. But, no, they gave us Penn State. So, uh, the first four weeks, we played three top ten teams. We play Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, and then a, then we go to Illinois. and. And then Northwestern. Um, yes, excuse me, Northwestern. And then um, Penn State comes to town. So mm-hmm. what, what was your thoughts on the uh, first – the schedule release? Obviously, we're playing Ohio State first game. And then the first four games of, you know, it's a, it's a tough break. But you know what? Football is here, and that's that's the main part. But what would you think of maybe even Moose's comments that he was – he was a little complaining about it. It wasn't a great look. But um, um, what was your thoughts on the schedule? Um, I mean – like you said, you know, all of the uh, all the teams we got on our schedule were there originally, so we can't be, we can't be too upset about anything. You know, we we have a tough t- tough four games, but then the the next four games after that, you know, the second half of the season is very very manageable. I think that um, you know with at Ohio State, you know, that's going to be a tough one. Wisconsin, we're, we have. We have already have seen the best in the in the country. Um, so having having that first game under our belt and then having Wisconsin come to town could be good for us. Um, at Northwestern, I, I never really fear them. And then Penn State coming to town too. You know that's going to be a t- it's going to be a tough battle. But you know hopefully we you know we can sh- show some signs of life as a team and and really uh, battle back with them. And then once we get through that those four those four games, you know. Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, Minnesota. It's like we have we have seen three of the top top teams in the country, and I think that's going to do us a lot of good going into that second stretch. And so if we can if we can manage to you know pull out one maybe two two wins and um, in those first four games, you know we can set ourselves up for a, a really good second half of the season. Um, but you know I, I'm not going to put it on the Big Ten for you know you know, putting the schedule against us or anything, you know, it is what it is. You know, we've, we've been in the situation under Riley where we went seven and oh, we were top 10 team. We lose to Wisconsin yep. at Wisconsin in overtime. In, over, in overtime. And, you know, we're still seen as an elite pro or elite team that year. And then we get completely embarrassed at Ohio state the next week. And so yeah. I would, I, I'm tired of those types of letdowns. I would, I would rather get the, that tough bulk of the schedule out of the way early and then really see 
how our team responds in that second team, uh, second part of the season and what we've learned and gained from, from that tough competition and then take it to those, those other four schools. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing about the Ohio state first game, it's like, I think that's, you're gonna have to play Ohio state. I think that's the best time to get them. It's the first game of the season. It's an 11 AM kickoff and there's no fans in the stands. So this is ultimate, uh, optimum time to go ahead and knock off Ohio state. Those 11 a.m. kickoffs are tough for, you know, people to get up to, get up for. And not to mention, they don't really know what to expect out of Nebraska. You know, it's kind of like, is this going to be the same team as last year? Which we hope not. It's a lot of the same pieces, but um, I'm I'm expecting a big t- uh, Adrian Martinez bounce back. Mm-hmm. Plus, we've got some new, uh, new receivers in there that we think are going to make a difference. The tight end room is stacked. The whole offensive line's back. So, I think getting Ohio State first game. 11 a.m. kickoff, no fans is the best time to get them. And then as far as Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you know, I I think uh, I don't know who they're going to have at running back this year. Yeah, I'm glad to see Jonathan Taylor gone. Tired of seeing him run through us. But uh, I say that about every Wisconsin running back. So (laughs) it could just be the next guy up that's, you know, going to rush for for three, four hundred yards on us. So but yeah, the schedule sets up if we can get two wins in those first four games, uh, the back four really set up for us to make a run. Um, you know, with uh, Minnesota, Illinois, <coughs> excuse me, and um, and uh, the rest of those guys on the back end of the schedule kind of sets up for us to make a run, especially if we can get two wins in those first four games. But, you know, the over-under, they've got us at three and a half, which um, that's probably about right, you know, for Vegas. That's, you know, I think if we finish four and four, get to that championship week, which, P.S., I love that idea. Yeah, Genius. I do too. Genius. Whoever, whoever thought of that, uh, great idea. So um, I think, you know, if we can get four and four during the quote-unquote regular season, going mm-hmm. to championship week and uh, have a favorable matchup, get to five wins, you know, that's going to be bowl eligible. And then, you know, we're kind of off and running from there. So it, uh, I, don't, I didn't understand all the complaining about it. Um, I didn't love Moose coming out and complaining about it, uh, at least publicly. You know, obviously it, uh, it's one thing. But uh, I'm, ready, I'm ready for football, and I think – that uh, Nebraska has been, you know, kicked and dogged so much in the national media and across everything. You know, these guys are going should be coming out like a bunch of ravaged dogs. So, I like I like our chances to uh, to potentially get two two of four wins in those first four games. So, <laughs> that's uh, I don't know. What do you think about the uh, championship week of how they're doing one one versus one, two versus two, and so on for, uh, between the divisions? I think that's going to be a really trendy deal for conferences across the across the country. I mean, yeah. it it's it's a really good opportunity to get to get another game in and potentially get your conference another bowl team, and and it just it gives you more exposure as a conference too to to add however many games depending on how many teams are in your conference. And I, I don't know, it's just it it's it's an idea that honestly I've never even like considered heard of. You know, and it's it's about the only good thing the Big Ten Big Ten has done in these last two months, right? Um, you know, I just wanted to circle back um, before before I miss this. Um, what's your whole take on Mister uh, Sir Yacht? Um, I had that in my notes here. Um, this was guy that was uh, pretty prominent in all the Big Ten chatter here on Twitter. Kind of came out of left field. Do you think that he actually had a plug on the inside? Or he was just making shit up. Uh, I think his favorite quote is, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you just say enough shit, I mean, something's bound to stick, you know? I mean, it was it uh, it was a show to just kind of sit back and uh, after about his third or fourth guarantee of, uh, you know, it's happening tomorrow, I, I hit the unfollow button and moved on. But yeah. uh, he kind of caught on like wildfire. I mean, he was... Uh, He's, I think he improved about 50,000 followers on Twitter. So he, just, just he will forever live as a COVID legend. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He he's in Big Ten lore for sure. So yeah, he will, in, he will be in the record books when they write write about the 2020 Big Ten season. So um, I don't know, but um, you know, Moose also with the division thing. Moose also threw out the idea of only division games counting towards the division champion. AKA for if we get our brains beat in by Ohio state and Penn state, you know, that doesn't really count. It just counts against your, <laughs> for your division record only. So um, just, just another one of those things that uh, people are complaining about Nebraska being whiny about. So yeah, I don't love that either though. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand it, but I, I don't love it either. Yes. Uh, to your point. So um one of the, the uh, things that I was kind of talking about with people that people, I don't think enough people are talking about is the fact that all fall sports are getting a blanket waiver. So everybody this year, it's a it's a free year, whether you redshirted or you have a medical redshirt, this, that, and the third. This is a blanket year. It's not counting against anybody's eligibility. And I really think this is going to be something that helps Nebraska. So next year, they're going to let, be, let you be over the scholarship limit. But then after that, you got to be back down to 85. Um, so I was just talking out loud to myself the other day. And I was like, is this, does this set up for Adrian Martinez to be the first five year starting quarterback in college football history? Yeah. I mean, it, it could potentially uh, be that way, uh, you know, depending on how much he progresses or regresses, but you know, if he, if he's going to, you know, stay somewhat average and, you know, whatever, and he can still be the starting quarterback in his fifth year. Un- unfortunately, that's the situation we live in. But I also think it could be good for players who want to try and to improve their draft stock and, right. and you know, get more college film out there for uh, for NFL scouts. I mean, and, you know, even in, in addition to that, it could be good for depth and veteran leadership. You know, if these guys aren't, aren't necessarily ready to move on and they feel like they still got it in them. I mean, a good example would have been like Tanner Farmer kind of came on late in his, his career. And I mean, he clicked a little bit late, but you know, it, it could have been a really good, you know, opportunity for him to come back and be that senior leader on, on a O-line that really needed it after he left. And instead of going and wrestling at Concordia university in Seward, Nebraska. Yeah. So I think anyway, he went all the way to the national championship or something. He, he did. Yeah. He, he definitely, yeah. he definitely made a splash, but it's like, yep. I mean, that could that could potentially, you know, be huge for us considering our roster size. Yeah. And, you know, especially since, you know, we don't have any like top end uh, NFL talent, any, you know, first first, second, third rounders. So I think that if we can get a couple guys to, you know, an extra year eligibility, I mean, um, like you said, I'm hoping that Adrian Martinez bounces back. And, you know, if he does, if we can get this guy for an extra year or Cam Jurgens or any, anybody, um, just some help. Cause I think Nebraska is going to be one of the schools that it benefits, but, uh, back to the roster size with all, with all this going on, do you think that maybe with Nebraska having the largest roster in the country at 154 kids, I believe was the last number I heard. Um, do you think that, it's going to hurt Nebraska, help Nebraska, or should Nebraska even maybe explore the option of 
maybe not have carrying all the walk-ons through this season and just saying, Hey, you know, we're taking a hundred, 104 guys and the other 50, you know, we'll see you in the fall. What What's your thoughts on the roster size and maybe how Nebraska should manage that? Well, I think for the first time, I mean, we've, we've preached on this a lot, but the, for the first time, I think this larger roster size that we have in 154, honestly seems low to me, um, <laughs> but I think it'll actually, you know, prove to be positive in this case because you know maybe we maybe we don't have any like starters or main contributors that you know get exposed to COVID or have to be held out but if it's if it's like a key scout guy that really tests those guys that that see time on Saturday and he has to go out you know we can bring somebody else in no problem uh, at that position or you know at that you know body size or whatever whatever they're looking for um, when they're scouting another team I think that could really prove to be like a huge advantage for us because we, we have, you know, basically the pick of the litter on, you know, a ton of guys that we could bring in to fill in for the guy that might be missing time. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that you're going to get creative, but I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, the COVID and COVID spread, it's just, I don't know if the, uh, it, it helps and hurts you, you know, have a bigger roster. I mean, it helps you that uh, if one guy goes down, obviously you've got a ton of backups, but it also hurts that you have a lot of guys all together. And you know, like I said, 150, 160 kids, it only takes one knucklehead. And, you know, some maybe some kid that's not playing this year, that's not really have his head all in it, that he's, you know, going out and doing, you know, doing things he shouldn't be doing. You know, it only takes one person. So um, I kind of see both ends of it. But um, I'm sure I'm sure those guys will have some kind of roster management set up. I bet you they're going to be, in, you know, keeping people separate, you know, this especially offense and defense. And like I said, I'm sure they've got some special situation set up for the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, well, in a, in a couple of years, we're going to have like 16 different practice fields. So that, that would have worked <laughs> out well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I just, I, it's good to have the uh, football coming back. Uh, the SEC kicks off this weekend. Um, but one of the things that has happened since the last time we did this pod, um, Thomas Fedone, Fedoni, is that how you say it? Fedoni? Fedone, I think. Fedone. We'll just go with Fedone. Um, the number one tight end out of Council Bluffs um, decided that he was going to be all in. So Nebraska adds the number one tight end in the country. And this guy is uh, he's he's av- as advertised from everything I've seen from him in the camps. Um, his first four or five games this season already in high school. The kid uh, the kid looks looks as good as uh, they say he is. And uh, you know, Nebraska's really been lacking not talent in the tight end department, but production. So I don't know if that's a more scheme or, or what it is, but um, especially going into this year, I feel, I feel like our tight end room is probably the deepest it's ever been. I mean, you had the, the Nebraska Lincoln Lutheran grad, I believe uh, Jared Bubak transferred back from Arizona Mm -hmm. state. Um, The Rutgers transfer that's uh, eligible now. Um, And then all the three from last year coming back. So, I think tight end should be a strength for us, and hopefully we uh, utilize utilize that tight end position a little bit more than we have had in the past. So, um, but you know, that's it. I just kind of wanted we wanted to jump on a pod and do a pod and talk about uh, the return of uh, Big Ten football and just kind of all the things that took place. Uh, Zach, you got anything else you wanted to talk about here? Yeah, I do. I have a little bit of personal news. Okay, well, all right. Uh, I've officially. No, no. Oh shit! I'm <laughs> not that kind of personal news. This is a okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've officially adopted a secondary favorite team in college okay. football. Do you know who it is? And, um, 
I'm assuming it's somebody that's already played already. Is it Notre Dame? It is not. Oh. It is not. The Jackson State Tigers. Oh, because your boy Dion. Neon Dion Primetime Sanders has taken <laughs> over as head coach of the Jackson State Tigers, alma mater of Walter Payton. Yeah, that's right. They haven't won a game. They haven't had a winning season since 2013. But Deion Sanders is the man that is taking over the world right now. He's he's he's, yeah, he's recently joined Barstool. Yep. And he's taken over this program. He's doing a lot of good things. I mean, the guy is never members of his uh, coaching staff. Uh, seemed like he's got a couple decent guys on there. He said that maybe that's minute, not true, but yeah. The minute I saw Warren Sapp on on that coaching staff, I was like, <laughs> then why even have any other coaches? Because no one's going to be able to get a word in. Well, you got then you got To. I mean, so it, it's just yeah. Between To, Dion, and Warren Sapp, I mean, who's how are you going to ever get anything done? Yeah, he he squashed it pretty quick. I mean, you know how those things go, though. It might be true, and he just didn't want to release it yet. But you know how Dion is. He wants to release things in a loud manner. So he uh, would probably do it yeah, like his like his entrance to Jackson State. Yeah, I saw his introduction, and uh, I was I was like, yeah, expected nothing less from this guy. I mean, police escort. I mean, Jackson, Jackson State ain't seen nothing like that ever. So, Also, the last thing I wanted to say is uh, directed towards Pat Forty. Oh yeah, um, I think uh, Dave Chappelle said it best when he said, "I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody but you." <laughs> and you and you alone. Yes, <laughs> yes. Pat Forty, you are public enemy number one. You know, I just, I, you know, when I just read all this stuff on Twitter from all these national people, like first thing that's come to mind to me is like Tupac's hit him up. You know, I just want to be like. Fuck Pat Forty. Fuck yeah. Howard. Yeah. Fuck Nicole Harback. Fuck. Fuck the athletic. Yep. Fuck, you know, just like I just wanted to just that. I just had Tupac hit him up in my head, just seeing all this shit. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. And yeah, yeah. let's let's put in a, a note to Eminem to do a diss track on on Pat Forty for us. Yeah, that guy. That's I mean. No, I have got no respect for that guy, um, and I'm not sure, you know, the journalistic in- integrity is still there. I mean, like I said, it's got, he's gotten personal. It ain't just reporting about stuff. He's, it's gotten personal, which is, you know, whatever. That's for people like us on podcasts, not national media writers. So, Pat, fuck you and your family. Yeah. Yeah, so. and if you see his article, do not click it. That's all he wants. Right, exactly. Only get the swimsuit issue of Sports Illustrated. Yep. So. That's it, guys. Um, you know, excited to have the season back. We've got our third schedule. Um, excited about that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the season and how, how it plays out. Like I said, we've got SEC ball back this week, so it's always good waking up and seeing game day on, even though it's a little bit different. Um, you know, hopefully things get a little bit better. We can get some more fans and get uh, a little bit more uh, experience going on. You know, the tailgating is canceled on campus, but I'm sure there's going to be Still a lot of uh, tailgating going on at private places, Journal Star, a um, couple of those other places downtown. So I'm excited to at least have it back, and I will take that uh, over nothing any day of the week. So, Zach, anything else? Go Jackson State. Go Jackson State, and go Big Red. This is the Big Red Revival.